Hello, dear ones. I'm Bishop Todd Hunter. Welcome to the C4SO podcast. Today, our guest is the Reverend Canon Kimberly Filer. She is C4SO's Omsbudsman. And today, we have a conversation about the love, the service, and the honesty that we are trying to bring into our sexual harassment training and all of our safe church training. I'm delighted by Kimberly's work. She is just the right person to be serving C4SO in this role. I look forward to you hearing her now. Kimberly Filer, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. You've had surgery. Are you okay? You're like, are you I'm above doing- and are you above and beyond the call of duty here today? <laughs> The six million dollar man has nothing on me. Uh, <laughs> you're, yeah, bion- you're bionic, grateful, huh? I'm bionic. I'm the grateful recipient of today's modern technology that uh, is curing this little hitch in my get along. Yeah. So thank you for being here, Kimberly's had hip surgery. Uh, what a week? Uh, Ten days now? A week? I forget. Mm-hmm. I've lost about track about of time. Uh, yeah, we're right at the uh, two week mark. Oh, two weeks. Okay. Well, yeah. thanks so I'm much. I'm doing for stairs be- and like. Dang, yeah. look at you. Mm-hmm. It's great. Well, thanks for serving C4SO the way you do, and thanks for being here. For our listeners, uh, for C4SO, this is our Sexual Harassment Prevention Month, where all of our churches and their volunteers uh, get up to speed on their training on issues of sexual harassment. And Kimberly and I have worked together closely for a number of years in the diocese in uh, various roles. And so, Kimberly, you'll remember that like I lose track of time, but I want to say like even three or four years ago, nobody had heard of a company like grace and none of Mm -hmm. us were thinking about issues like spiritual abuse or, or trauma or even sexual abuse in the way that we've all had, unfortunately to have to come to think about it. And so, you know, we had the me too movement and the wider culture. We've had the church Too movement that grew out of, the the sadnesses of the Roman Catholic Church and the Southern Baptist Convention. And, of course, we all know that this touches all of us now. We're not picking on anybody. Um, yeah. So I think I want to begin with just letting people in on your and I's conversational, uh, or conf- more confidential conversations where we frequently said to each other, hey, this isn't about rules and regulations, and this isn't about the diocese be some, suddenly becoming Gestapo to our clergy or you know, our, the programs at our various churches. But really, this comes out of a heart for, we have to do this prevention, otherwise there's not a safe space for victims to, to report and or be cared for, right? That's what we're about here. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and that's the, that's the passion is... is um, and I know you and I share this, we've talked about this enough, but um, just wanting to be a place where people who are afraid or in trouble or who are just to have experienced something that they inherently know is wrong and they're not sure what to do about it, um, that they have someone they can call. And it's someone who's, you know, not local, not involved in um, their personal structure, but someone that they could just talk to as a, as a friend, as a advocate as someone who can um, who has some training and perspective to um, help them figure out what the right next steps are. Um, And that's been, you know, it's important to have people in that role who um, like me are excited about the changes that we're seeing in our culture and in our organization. Yeah. Um, You know, it's easy to get in this, in this particular, particular topic, it's easy to get discouraged, but 
I am so incredibly hopeful about the way um, people in uh, business and people in church are looking at power structures differently and looking at the nature of power and really yeah. being thoughtful mm-hmm. about the responsibility that goes with that because you know that sort of thoughtfulness will do away with the need for um, some of the things that we're talking about. Yeah, that I want to ask you a more specific question, but before I do, I'm just um, realizing that some of our listeners won't know your exact title and that sort of thing. So we're calling Kimberly C4SO's ombudsman or ombuds person, <laughs> mm-hmm. and 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 that is meant to be what Kimberly said a truly neutral person to which anybody can come to share anything, even if you're not sure it's abuse or even if you're not sure it's sexual, or even if you're not sure that somebody was taking money out of the offering baskets or whatever, that the whole point of this is here's a place where you can come confidentially to an ombudsman who Mm -hmm. knows what to do with these things, knows how to be, um, exquisitely um, appropriate with these things and to help you know what to do best and to know what to do next. So yeah. the C4SO's ombudsman means that Kimberly's the first person you call with a caveat. If, if you witness a crime, you need to call the police as well. Um, yeah. But if you haven't directly witnessed a crime, like you might get a report of a crime, well, call Kimberly and she'll help you figure out how do we alert the police, et cetera. So in pretty mm-hmm. much any and every reporting situation, whether it's sexual harassment or any form of wrongdoing, Kimberly's the person you come to. So Kimberly, why in the world would you say yes to a job like that? <laughs> well, and um, it's the job that I keep hoping that, you know, will never be needed. Like a great, yeah. uh, a great outcome would be when, when the job is strictly focused on uh, training and, mm. um, and screening and less about reporting. Um, yeah. And I would say we already have come to the place where, um, where our emphasis on prevention has uh, has reduced the number of calls that we have. So, mm-hmm. you know, our goal would be that people don't have to call me, that they have the resources and training in order to respond. But the fact is that we all work in situations um, in, in ministry. Uh, we work with people and um, we work in uh, places where there is trouble and where there is danger and, and where there is complexity. And so just having a phone a friend um, yeah. can be helpful, um, even if you're not the person who's experiencing um, inappropriate behavior or, um, or abuse. If you're the person who's wondering, you know, it, yeah. it can be good to have a friend. Yeah, I love that that sort of game show analogy of phone a friend, because, yeah. you know, I've been at this long enough to know. Um, I remember I had a dear um assistant, you know, back in the day, I don't, I think she's probably called a secretary so many decades ago, um, who got breast cancer and unfortunately died. But I remember when she was getting some of her first key diagnosis, she would actually invite me or Debbie to go sit with her and her husband to talk to the doctors because they realized they weren't hearing the doctors. They were so overwhelmed with the news, with the reality that they wanted a neutral person there just to take notes so that they could realize later, Oh, this is what the doctor actually said. And I just want you all to know that that's who Kimberly is. We don't want any of our clergy or wardens or anybody feeling stupid. Like, Oh, I got a call. 
you know, Kimberly, no, the whole thing is here's a safe person for you to process things with, even if you don't know what to do. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great analogy because one of the things that I see, um, both for rectors who are, 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 are struggling with how to ha address a situation or with reporting parties is that none of us wants to be in this situation. And so there's a level of um, denial and, yeah. um, and some, sometimes some shame, sometimes yeah. some fear. And those things um, prevent us from doing this stuff sometimes that, that we even know we should yeah. do because it's just too hard to deal with. And mm -hmm. so that's why I never mind if somebody, if somebody just emails and says, hey, I have something um, to talk with you about. Um, it may not rise to the level of something that needs to be addressed formally, mm -hmm. but, um, but it's always better to have the conversation. Yeah. Um, because some of the most difficult situations we've had have started with that same tenor. Hey, I just have something. And it turns out to be something. Yeah. So um, we never want anybody to hesitate. We are not going to, if someone calls and, and all they need is um, advice or, um, or just someone to talk with about it, some mentorship or some mm -hmm. um, counsel, uh, we can do that and it won't, it's not going to turn into some bureaucratic or, or onerous process. Yeah. I was, I was thinking when you were describing earlier that when these really tragic things happen, we all have a human desire to wish they would go away or wish this hadn't right. happened or how am I in this place? And I think what we want to do with Kimberly is give you a person where you can even say that to like, I wish yeah. this would go away, but I realize I need to talk to somebody and it's okay. You really don't have to feel like, you come to Kimberly with it all figured out or knowing what to do, or even if you feel like, Oh my God, I wish I could run a million miles away. We all get that. Um, yeah. but Kimberly, what, but what will work against that emotional state is knowing one or two small concrete steps to take in the beginning. And it's Kimberly who can help you do that. Exactly. Exactly. And a big part of what I'll do, you're right about the concrete steps and I find them, to be really helpful. You know, I'll give you an example from the child safety uh, workshop. There are things that we, uh, that are, that we have to report. They're mandatory uh, reporting items. And, um, and that could be viewed as something that's a strict regulation or something like that. But what I have found is that it does force people to confront um, what they're learning. Like the, it takes yeah. the question out of the equation and makes us move forward. And that's what, that's what we're trying to do is not be stuck in yeah. the, in the problem, but moving on to healing and transparency and light. Right. So when people come to you, Kimberly, they don't have to come to you like the cops with a case already made and you're the DA's right. office and they're trying to persuade you to something. They don't have to gather evidence. They don't have to interview no. people. In fact, it's usually better if they don't. Right. I mean, I know we talk about right. this in some of the training so that it really is OK for people to come to you even with just uncertainties and big questions. Yes. In fact, I get uh, really two different types of calls. So on the one hand, um, I hear from rectors or associate rectors, different uh, ministry partners who are encountering something in their congregation and want to make sure that it's uh, they're handling it in the right way. And that's great. So that on our end, that doesn't require a ton of documentation. It's usually a conversation 
and I'll follow up in, in writing with my recommendations to you. And that way we have it documented. We know we're engaged in a conversation and um, we can make sure that continues to move forward. So there's very little, you know, aside from a conversation that happens. Um, when someone calls and, um, and the situation is more serious than that, then um, what we're doing from there is less about gathering documentation than about gathering the right resources to figure it out. Mm -hmm. So um, you're not having to document a lot to me. If I know, usually if I know two or three data points, it'll tell me um, whether we need to move on that next step. And then we'll get the right people to get involved and do the right things. But it doesn't have to be a big onerous process for the clergy yeah. person or the congregation. Yeah. So you and I have worked together, you know, in various uh, configurations for feels like 10 years now or something like that, a good, <laughs> a good, a good long time. And I yeah. know for me and other people who know you think of you as being exceedingly smart, which you are. And, you know, people know you come out of the corporate world and you're, you know, very bright and experienced and mature and blah, blah, blah. But if people don't know you well, they might not know that you also have a really big, passionate pastor's heart and especially a heart for the vulnerable. And in these yeah. settings, Kimberly, it feels like everybody's vulnerable. The reporter feels vulnerable. The people in the church systems, vestries and staffs feel vulnerable. The victims are obviously vulnerable. Um, yeah. I'm so glad that you bring that to this and maybe you can just say a bit to our, um, our C4SO audience about really your heart for doing this job and caring for the vulnerable. Yeah, I, I, you're right about that. Every, every person involved um, has vulnerability and fear coming into these situations. And I think the most important thing to remember is that those fears and vulnerabilities aren't mutually exclusive. So, you know, if we're dealing with a situation where there are um, there has been some sort of abuse, and so we have um, people who have engaged in the abusive behavior, and then we have people who are who are survivors of the abusive behavior, and then we have all the people surrounding them that are part of the church. Mm -hmm. Those people can feel like individual constituencies, but the truth is that Jesus sees it as one thing. Jesus sees it as a healing of His people and His church at once. And so what we have to do is, is walk in that confidently driven by the Holy spirit, but, and guided by his call for righteousness um, to say, we need to shed light. We need to bring transparency. We need to bring grace and healing for each one of the people involved. And the best way to do that is not by sweeping things under the rug or, um, or refusing to confront them, but by confronting them in love, and um, holding each person as a representative of Christ and of his church, a part of his church, um, so that we're healing everyone involved. It's yeah. not when someone has been the victim, uh, the perpetrator is rarely somebody who has gone in with bad intent or evil intent, but it's usually someone um, who is in need of spiritual healing, who is in need of, uh, who has experienced something in the past. And so unless that person um, is <clears throat> confronted about this behavior and pushed to healing, they may never reach that place themselves. And so those things are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. Well, I know you've been my phone a friend a hundred times or hundreds of times over the last 10 years that I've called you for wisdom. And I want to encourage um, all the clergy and vestry members and wardens uh, listening to this today 
that Kimberly is not only a safe person for you to call, but a highly competent person for you to call. And that just the, the big headline for today is when something goes wrong or you fear something might have gone wrong, unless you directly observed a crime, your first call should be to be Kimberly. And, uh, and, and, and if you've observed a crime, uh, you know, she should be your second call. <laughs> and so that we can, exactly. we can help you figure this out. So for those of you who are listening and may not have direct access to our training, if you go to c4so.org backslash safe church training, uh, you will find the various modules that we've put together over the last year and a half or so, uh, to try to cover every aspect of, making our churches the safest place possible, especially for the most vulnerable, for children, for vulnerable women, for the elderly. Um, We want our churches to be uh, exquisitely safe places to hear the gospel, to come to Christ and to grow in Christ. So Kimberly, thank you for what you do to make that happen. Thank you. It's great to be in ministry with you. And hello to everybody in C4SO. I look forward to speaking with you guys in one way or another.